Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is your latest sports news and commentary you're listening to the tnt podcast with your hosts tyler layfield and torres finney well hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the tnt podcast here with your boy torres finney and my co-host tyler layfield what's up tyler nah, nothing much another good day uh, a lot of stuff to talk about so man i'm ready to get it going Yes, man. I'm hey, I'm excited as well, man. You know, last night we're recording this on a Sunday. We got an opportunity to watch UFC. Uh, I don't know what number it was. Two eighty something. Uh, it was close. Two eighty four. Two eighty five. Two eighty five. I knew it was one of them. Uh, but we got to finally see the return of John the Bones. John Bones Jones. Um, what's funny about this is because a lot of people for over the past what three years have said, man, John Jones will never step back in the cage. He'll never get back in a cage. He'll never fight again. And boy, it was just so surreal to finally see him get back in the cage and do his thing. And not only did he do his thing, it wasn't even, he didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> like the most significant damage Siragon did to him was a nut shot. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like it, the, the fight wasn't even close. Um, I, I picked Jones to win. I thought, now, if anybody has known of John Jones' career, he sometimes with guys, he try to beat guys in their own specialty. So if you're a striker, he'll try to outstrike you. If you're a wrestler, he'll try to outwrestle you. If you're good in jiu-jitsu, he'll try to submit you. So, like, he tries to beat guys in their specialty, and that's what made him, like, great. Like, when they say, there's no way you'd be able to beat a 10-time this type of Muay Thai champion and strike it, and then he would beat them only standing. Mm. Like, he would do things like that. And for a minute, I said, if he, if he goes, if he resorts to that, he would – in my opinion, make this fight really close with Cyril Gunn. And early on, he was playing with it, but he relied on what makes him great, and that's his wrestling. John Jones took him down, and the fight was over. The, when I saw how the takedown happened, so like after I've been wrestling for so long, when you see certain takedowns, um, I can tell whether or not a fight is going to be won or lost yet. The moment he got that first takedown, I said the fight's over because he's never getting up. Yeah. When you get taken down that easily and like in that type of fashion, he just got taken down with a simple drag down. It wasn't nothing special. It wasn't no, um, you know, crazy, sporadic, crazy chain wrestling type takedown, moving from a body lock to a high crotch or a double to a single or ankle, you know, something crazy or sporadic. It was a simple drag down. When I saw that, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this fight's over. Um, I even sometimes get that type of feel. Now, you don't want to think like that fight time, but once I feel someone and I get the takedown, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, gonna, this, is gonna, this is it right here. You know, like you get that mm. – you have to feel them out. And I think John Jones started feeling out Sarah Gunn, and he got the takedown. He's like, oh, man, easy kill to guillotine. I mean, he put his butt on the cage. Yeah. Guillotine in, and it was all she wrote, bro. I mean, it was easy. <laughs> I mean, it was easy. You know, like, heck. Congratulations. He did it on the world's best stage in the heaviest weight class against the number one ranked fighter in the UFC uh, at the heavyweight weight division. Like, John Jones is the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, he's the best, man. If you look at the names he's going to beat, he'll beat some killers. He's 27 and 1. Technically, should be 28 and 0. 
only because the fight he got disqualified in, he was beating the ever-living piss out the boy. He just threw one illegal elbow in the finishing sequence, and they just called it that. But that, if you watch the fight, the, the boy literally – I mean, the fight wasn't even close. I mm-hmm. mean, the guy probably didn't – Who was it against punches. again? At Hamill. Um, yeah, the thing with him, I know, um, you know, I was able to watch it and, you know, it, it just looked effortless. Like you said, you know, it was just a, a case of, you know, him being better than him. And then, like you said, you know, him being the GOAT, it's just a thing that, you know, I it's starting to become a unanimous thing, I feel like, amongst people that watch UFC. They, they go with him. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, who he goes against next. Uh, with that being said, Torres, with that being said, um, I'm wondering who who you think he'll fight next. So who do you think he'll fight next? Who, uh, John Jones? Yeah. Um, I think he'll be fighting uh, Stipe. It's already been announced. Um they're 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 garnering for it. Uh, they they said Stipe will get the winner of this fight regardless whoever won. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are garnering for international fight week. International fight week is in July. Um, I mean, look, it was already said that we don't know if they can do a big summer fight depending on like how you know you just can't be like matchmaking fights in a actually like staple in a certain month because you don't know how this fight would have ended. You know, they could have had a five round war and it takes half of the year for them to recover. But since John Jones didn't get no damage. Expect July, August. Like it ain't gonna be long before he be back in there, and it's gonna be between him and Stipe. Stipe is the heavyweight UFC goat, um, and John Jones will now be making his argument. If he he's already a light heavyweight goat, if John Jones is now, it's hard. It's hard to like. I know Stipe is the heavyweight goat, but Stipe's forty now, and yeah, he's old. Stipe, yeah, you know. And I think John Jones gonna beat him, and he's not getting any younger now. Yes, John Jones older himself, but thirty five is five years away from forty. Mm. And I just Stepe two years is gonna make a huge difference, man. Stepe mm-hmm. two years ago got knocked out by Francis, man. I I I, I, I just don't I don't see I really don't see how he yeah I don't see how Stepe beats. I know people gonna be like this gonna be for the heavyweight goat, you know staple, but. It's it just too old. It's mm-hmm. just too old. You know, that's it is what it is. You know, yeah. so it'll be a good fight to watch, but I just I would be excited to see how Stepe comes back at 40. You know, you can't write him off because Global Tech Shera, you know, was 43, and we just seen what this guy just did the last two years. So we can't write him off, but when you're gonna get John Jones, man, uh it's gonna <laughs> a little different story. Yeah. So how long was it between the last fight he had and last night? Three years. Wow. Wow. And I remember who was the last fight it was that he fought against? Dom, uh, uh, Dominic Reyes, 2019. That's right. Crazy. Two, actually, 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah, that was um, – What I'm wondering if that was before or after COVID hit. Um. No. That was after COVID. It happened yeah. February 24th, February 24th of 2020. It's crazy. So it's crazy to think about that. Like back when that was all that was going down, like um, UFC really 
picked up a ton of steam that year. I remember you and I starting our stuff yeah. up then, and you know we were we were talking UFC yeah. all the time because that's all that was available. <laughs> and yeah, we was, it, was it was between that and Last Dance, going through and watching the Last Dance and talking. That's about right. That. That's that right. Was the two, that was the two things. So man, it's I I will say this: I have kind of cooled on UFC lately. Like on um, honestly, up to like last night. I feel like there hasn't been like a huge, huge, you know, card um, up until then. But um, you know, last night's was pretty good. I was able to get watch a good. I mean, bit. well, it it depends on like how fanatic you're in it, you know. Yeah. Because I I felt like the card um, a few uh, months ago when Islam fought Charles Oliveira. Yeah, I did. Uh, that was oh, in October. That was in October last year yeah, actually that october. was in october i'm talking about just this year because i know islam versus Volkan- oh, this year yeah islam yeah. versus volkanovsky that was a pretty big one you know we'd kind of discussed that here on the show um but really since january you have uh you know strickland versus imavov or however you pronounce that to share versus yeah, yeah. lewis versus spivak um Mikachev versus volkanovsky um, Andrade versus um, Blanchfield, Munez uh, versus Allen, and then Jones versus Gone. So uh, this has been the you're right. No, you're right. Part yeah, of you're right. This, this year, I feel like you're right about that. You're right. After thinking about it, you're right. I'm, you know, I'm thinking so much of last year. Yeah, so far this year, this has this has been the only the really really big card. Yeah. Um, now this month, this month is some bangers. Now, yeah, you know, this month we got some bangers now because we got Jan. The Yon fight coming Jan up. Yon versus uh uh Marab. Yeah, this Saturday. And next Saturday, we got Daja. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. I'm not the best at pronouncing these guys' names. Uh, so I just call them by whatever the easiest one I can find. Yeah. When I see him in person, I'll be like, what's going on? You know, yeah. if he got a crazy name, what's up, brother? Uh, <laughs> you know. And, Guy, I always say brother anyway, so it's it's perfectly fine. Uh, and then you Usman versus Leon Edwards. I'm looking at that one and, now. And on that card, you got Gaethje. Gaethje's gonna be fighting on that card. So Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fazeev, bro. Uh, Rafael Fazeev is a knockout artist as well. That fight is gonna be a banger, bro. And you got Marvin oh, Vittori. Who, who on that card? Marvin Vittori or oh, Roman Dollar Dealers. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oh, God, I need something like that. And but, uh, then uh, you got a welterweight Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbarina. Uh, ooh, that could be good. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you got some decent ones. Then you got the next one in March. The last one in March was uh, Vera versus Sanhagen. So that'll be pretty good. Cheeto Vera versus Sanhagen. That's going to be good. That's going to be a cardio, like, yeah. pace. They do. They're going to be fighting so fast. It's going to be crazy. You'll be like, how that cardio keep staying up? They're going to be just going. <laughs> For real, so yeah, there it is going to be a pretty good month if you look at it. So yeah, I'm wondering how they're looking to set up that July, like you said, you know, the Jones and And then first week in April, you got Masvidal and Gilbert Burns and Izzy and Perea rematch. Yeah, I see the Izzy versus Perea. Oh yeah, Masvidal versus Burns. That'll be good. (laughs) Holland's going to be on that card too. Who you fighting? He's fighting Santiago Ponzinibbio. Whoa! Oh, that's gonna be a banger. I don't know if that was a whoa oh, at the fighter or the whoa at me trying to get that one off. That oh, off. that's gonna be a banger. Uh, oh man. Your boy oh. Kuta, hey, your boy Kutalaba is gonna be the week uh the fight card after. Who are you fighting? He's fighting, fighting on the same night as Holloway Allen. 
He's fighting who, who is uh, he? Tanner Bozer. We might be seeing the end of Eon Kutalaba. Edson Barboza versus Billy Quarantillo on that one. That one that should be pretty decent. Huh? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Really? Good. Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez. That'll be decent. Oh, freak. No, hey, that's, that's a sleeper card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that would be pretty cool. Okay. I'm down, okay. With, I'm down with that. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so outside of the John Jones fight, what about um, – you know the women's fight last night, the the championship fight that went down. I mean, did you did you see that coming, dude? Uh, bro, let me tell Shevchenko? you something, man. Dude, so Shevchenko, you know, I did not see that coming. You know, she was a minus eight hundred and fifty favorite. But let me tell you something about some of these fights like this. Um, as we have seen so far with a lot of these women's fights, when they've dominated almost every fight that they've been in. You get down to the lower ranked guy. So she she was fighting the number six ranked fighter, you know. Like you rarely see number six, number seven ranked ever get a title shot. But the reason why they get a title shot, because one, two, three, four, and five couldn't get the job done. You know, so like Valentina yeah. has ran through that division. So now you get a different name. But like DC said yesterday, these guys, these girls or guys, whatever, they get hungrier. So not saying Val- – Valentina respects everybody she goes to. I'm not saying she didn't respect her. I'm just saying that when you consistently have been on the world stage and you do your thing, Valentina was winning the fight. But Alexa, I mean, she just – she threw a spinning back kick that I felt like wasn't necessary mm-hmm. and got caught. Gr- Grossa caught her, you know. I felt like this was a little different than when Nunes lost because Nunes in that first when that first fight she fought uh, Pena. Pena beat her up, you know, and then choked her. Grossa did some really good things. Now she landed some shots on Valentina, but Valentina was winning the fight, and Valentina put her in the position where she has won a lot of fights in that crucifix position. She has won so many fights in that crucifix position, and not a lot of girls are able to get out of it. And Grossa got out of it. Now, I was thinking like, oh, man, you know, oh, she got out. She's tough. And, I'm, you know, look, you know about those Mexicans, man. Those Mexicans are hard to put away. They're always tough. They're just tough. But I didn't think she would have found a way to, like, take the back and how fast she jumped on her neck. The thing is, it wasn't choking her. It was a cranking her. Her whole chin was white when the choke was released. Like, her whole face was red and her whole chin was white. It was like. She said the, the choke, like that squeeze was so unreal. Oh, my gosh. But I was surprised that Grasso won. I, I was really mm-hmm. surprised. I was really surprised. Yeah, I mean, um, outside of that, the the other fights, I know the fight before that, the it was honestly, it was a really fun one. The the fight right before Jeff Neal versus uh, Shavgat Rachmanov. That Rachmanov oh. looks pretty good, dude. I ain't going to lie to you. Dude, Rachmanov is a monster, bro. I like Rock, him. Dude, dude, I, dude, the moment he came in, I knew exactly who he was. Shavkat is the is the fight that everybody wants to see go against, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Hazmat. Everybody wants to see him and Hazmat fight. Now, that will be an absolute killer. Yeah. But, 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 look, I'm a big Hasbro fan. I don't think he can beat Hasbro. I'm sorry. I just don't think right, he could. Right, but yeah. he's really good. He got he got, he got, got kind of rocked last night. Jeff Neal was able to start getting some stuff going for a minute there. And then when when that that one, you know, that one hit that got Neal kind of stunned, he was able to pounce on it. But um, but Neal had him there. They don't right? call him hands of steel for no reason. Yeah, they Neil, call him Neil Jeff, Jeff Neal. 
Neil's a monster, man. He was in that. He's fight, good. Man. Jeff Neil's really good, bro. Yeah. He, he's he, he's he's gamer every time. That that was. A, I mean, he ain't ranked ninth for no reason. Mm. Um, it just Shavkat's a monster, man. Like, how the heck you have seventeen fights and seventeen finish? I, I don't know anybody else who was on, who was on like that type of role. Like mm-hmm. this man has had seventeen MMA fights, bro, and all of them have been finishes. That's incredible. I don't think people understand how incredible that is. Like that's unreal. Like so, Shavkat's a monster, yeah, Trevor, man. Trevor Peak, right? Trevor Peak, where's as uh, he? Any of his going to decision yet? No, no, no. He's eight and zero. He's currently eight and zero. I'm you just see, saying. I'm just saying. That. No, like, like he, but all of his have been finishes, right? Yes, all of his has been so finished. Yes, you no, know, yeah. he's a little Trevor, under halfway Trevor, there. Trevor will never go to a decision, bro. That Trevor won't be going to any decision. Saying, <laughs> unless, eight, unless, I mean, you know, he's still got a little ways to go, but not not more. He's right there. He's right there. So. That's a long. I ain't gonna lie. Now that's a long way to go. That's about know, three, four more years. Just, that's just, a long way. So MMA, yeah. MMA, a little different than compared to the boxing. Like yeah. also, like quick shout out, quick shout out, uh, Rashad, Rashad Shahid. You know, he went to Jones oh, County. Yeah. Um, yes. So he he just won his boxing match. He's currently uh ten and zero. He's ten and zero. So. Like, for instance, he turned pro, I think, last year, and he's had already had, you know, 10 fights. So, like, boxing-wise, you get so many more fights than an MMA fighter, mainly because a lot of different styles, the weight cut, the multiple, you know, weight class, like the, the very seldom weight classes compared to boxing where you have a lot. Mm-hmm. Um it's different. So that's why you don't see a lot of MMA fighters have as many fights as a boxer would because a boxer would probably – like, for instance, you see boxer fight around 50 – for a full career, 50 to 60, 70 boxing fights. That is actually absurd if you see an MMA. Now, there's a few guys in MMA that has that many, um, but it is rare as it can get out. It is rare. Like, would you see Habib and, like, John Jones with, like, the 27 and 27 fights or 30 fights or even – Jorge Masvidal, I think he's right there at 50 fights, you know, overall career. That's a lot. Like, that's an absolute a lot, you know. So, like, that's crazy Great, to get man. even that many fights, man. So, Govitek Shera, he had around, like, 40 MMA fights. That's a lot, you yeah. know. So, but that, but they're older. So, you know, that means they've been fighting for a very long time. <laughs> so, but, uh, but man, Shavkat, man, dude, man's a monster. He called out. He wants the 170 title fight. Um, I think they're going to give him one more tough guy before he gets that shot. I think everybody's still waiting on what Kobe Covington going to do. So we're still waiting on Kobe. Mm. Everybody's yeah. still waiting on what Kobe's going to do, man. Because Gilbert Burns and Jorge, that's the fight, you know. So more than likely the winner of that will probably be next in line. And then you got Kobe or the winner of that will probably have to fight Shavkat. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Um in other news, uh, there was some kind of bad news that came out earlier this week, um, and it was right before he was literally about to speak at the combine. Jalen Carter, uh, the news came out that uh, there was a warrant out for his arrest um, and the involvement of um, the deaths that, or the the crash, the vehicle crash that led to the deaths of Devin Willock and uh, another um, <clears throat> a UGA support staffer, Chandler LaCroix. Um Immediately, you know, a lot of stuff going out. Now, you know, uh, 
we, we were talking in our group chat with Kobe and Jacob and, you know, and a thing got brought up the other day, you know, we talk about Josh paid a lot, um, really respectable guy that you can listen to for college football out there. Um, for those of y'all that are real into him, um, if you haven't heard of him, I don't know where you've been, but I was listening to him yesterday. He was kind of talking about it and, um, you know, a lot of people when, when this happened, uh, they're like, Oh, well, Todd McShay was right. If you remember uh, earlier this year, Tom McShay came out with a thing of um, saying he was kind of questioning the character of Jalen Carter. And you remember all of us kind of went up in arms about it. Oh, he's not a bad character guy. All the, you know, his teammates came out, were saying it. And so everybody now is wanting to play after the fact, you know, that, that this is right, that he is a bad character guy. Um, when really that statement was made before this crash even happened. Um but needless to say, this this whole thing, it's been a whirlwind to kind of follow. There's all sorts of stuff that's still coming out. You know, nobody's really going to know the full details for, for a little bit, I feel like. Um, you know, they said that he was involved. He was actually racing the other car uh, that ended up crashing. That earlier he was actually pulled over. The cops even let him off and told him to stop speeding. Um you know, they had already apparently had seen some other UGA players that were doing the same thing. They had said, you need to send out a text. Everybody tell them to stop speeding, all this kind of stuff. It's just sad, man. And, um, I mean, he, he thinks that, you know, uh, he's come out and said that he doesn't think anything's going to happen of it, that um, his involvement wasn't really anything major, um, but that he's going to kind of – I'm not going to say get out of this, you know, because that, that's not really, I guess, the quiet way to say it, quite the way to say it, but that basically he'll be kind of proven innocent to a degree um, in all this. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of moving parts. Is he still going to get drafted? You know, where will he get drafted if he does? All this kind of stuff. What are your kind of thoughts, you know, just first glance at this? Well, I think he still get drafted. Um, I, I think too. he loses stock. Um, his stock will fall. Um, it's to me, uh, I'm like this Jalen Carter, your number one rated player in the majority of a lot of mock drafts. All right. You're one of the, you're the top defensive player. All right. Why are you in this type of predicament? Why are you making these type of mistakes? All right. Why are you putting yourself in these type of situations so that can falter your life-changing opportunity? Like, you don't need to, like, I, I, I'm, I, it's, it's stupid to me at this point. It, it gets yeah. stupid to me. But now, but now, look, now, you know, you see a lot of people start want to start talking about, okay, UGA has culture problems. UGA has this. So from these individuals that makes the, their decisions outside the campus, no longer being attached to UGA. The only thing that attached to UGA is what they played for them. All right. Stinson is no more playing. He's not going to, he's not going to win a workout right now, um, right now or tomorrow morning at 6 30 AM. All right. Neither is Jalen Carter. Okay. Neither of them is not going to meetings, doing individual meetings, getting ready for spring practice later on uh, next month. They're not doing that type of stuff. You want to know why? Because they're no longer part of the team. So I don't want to continue to hear about UGA having culture problems because if that was the issue, then why wasn't a lot of this stuff coming up when they was underneath Kirby Smart? Now they're on their own. When, that's just like – that's the same way when I hear people talk about, oh, you, you didn't raise your child right, you know? They, that child probably never did any – had any problem all the way up to they were 18, then they, then they go to college. So when they go to college, now they got more freedom. 
So mm-hmm. now they got more freedom. Now, obviously, they're going to do certain things that they wasn't going to do when they was under their parents. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't blame the parents for that. You know, people make their own decisions. Very similar to Stinson. Very similar to Jalen Carter. Like, look, what Jalen Carter did was for surely wrong. You know, yeah. obviously what Stinson did, you know, was, was out, out of the haywire and stuff. But to me, I've seen Stinson. Stinson had a solid day at the NFL come by, man. Yeah, yeah, you know? he actually did. He did. He had a solid day. And it's still and still people want to get on him. You know, like people are now being haters. You know, I I, I think people are now being haters because it's funny. Like I saw AGC, uh, uh, AJC, uh, AJC over here blaming UGA, blaming Curry Smart for they all the things that's been happening during the offseason. They're stupid anyways. Uh, yes. I'm like, these are the j- these are guys that's already a gone. It's not like that's like that's like calling out Alabama with Reuben Foster. You know, that's like calling out Alabama with all of these up. Like these guys are gone. They're not no longer under the tutelage of Kirby Smart. Now, yes, I understand they just left. Now, yes, I'm sure they're still in contact with the college coaches, but they're not under their uh, supervision anymore. These guys will no longer be under their supervision anymore unless these coaches go to the NFL or something. They're not under Georgia supervision anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's not going to – don't blame the school for this because there could have been a lot of character issues before they even got to UGA. All right? I would actually want to like to go a step further and say I give props to a guy like Kirby Smart for holding it down for as long as he did before stuff like this happened with any of his players outside of it. So you can give him credit on it rather than say – well, UGA got a culture issue. How the heck they got a culture issue when none of this stuff was happening during the season? You know, <laughs> like, come on. Uh, you know, like, it remind, look, it's like me when I was defending. I remember some people say the same thing on Twitter about Mike Tomlin. You know, when they was like, man, he got too many problems with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And I look at it, I'm like, well, hold up. Wait a minute. He's holding this, hold this ship down for as long as he could. All right? And then AB just went crazy. All right? And then he let him go. All right. When have you ever heard anything else going on coming out the Steelers like this? He now he got George Pickens. Now he always takes on the bad boys as they so called, but he found a way to hold it down for try to get the best out of him for as long as he can. All right. I felt like Kirby Smart did the same thing with some of these guys, man. You can't talk about character issues and all this stuff. Like these guys can do the right thing. They just sometimes choose not to. Like I, I don't. I it just. Bro, it's just stupid to me, man. It's, it's I, I think these these uh, headlines and all these articles talking about UGA and blaming them for these for these issues, I think it's just absolutely horrendous. It's stupid because y'all don't do this with any other college. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it just it's part of that. I will say this: I can't really blame the Athens Police Department on this one because normally it feels like they're out to just kind of screw us over, you know? Like it's like, man, we can't we can't even get help from our own folks, but I mean, they tried on this time, you know, they tried and just, it just didn't, it didn't pan out. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's still some people out there that believe he'll be a first round pick still. I don't know. I really don't want to see how this plays out. Um, you know, this is just something we're going to have to follow, you know, moving forward. I mean, he was definitely in that space where he could have been possibly the, you know, I'm not going to say number one pick because I feel like everybody kind of thinks it's going to be Bryce Young. But, you know, it's he's up there in that range. He was going to go top two, top three, somewhere in that range, po- possibly the first defensive player taken, um, you know, in this draft. But, um, yeah, it's, man, it's just – it's it sucks to see. I hate it for him. Um, but, you know, he, he did it to himself. 
You know, I, you can't really blame nobody but himself at this point. So, um, you know, it's just bad, bad mistakes. So you got to pay the price for it. Um, I mean, outside of that in UGA news, I know that the combine's been going pretty good. You mentioned it, Stetson Bennett. I know a pretty solid combine. He was up there as, uh, yeah. as far as like yeah. arm power. He was up there with like the likes of Will Levis. Um, you know, they they were testing like the speed of the ball coming out. He was up there with him. He was delivering some pretty good passes, turning like a what a four six something in the forty yard dash. I want to say it was like four six seven or something like that. Pretty solid there. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the fastest. You know, we can talk about it, but doggone uh, the what? Faster than some of the other guys. Faster than you know, some of the other guys than me. But if you're really going to talk about, I mean, the the, the big elephant in the room, uh, NFL combine wise for QB was a freaking Anthony Richardson. I don't know if you saw his stuff. Dude went off. Like, I mean, just as like a little side note, I know I said, you know, speaking of UGA, but I mean, we got, I mean, I'd be doing injustice if I didn't talk about how Anthony Richardson, he set the record for the vert for, um, for quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, freaking, what was it? A four, four, four. In the uh, 40-yard dash or so, I think only Robert Griffin third. And then some guy from Texas A&M years ago are the only faster guys than him in QB-wise in that. And then, um, you know, he's just – his. I think it was his broad jump. It was just ridiculous. So, um, he a really – 40 inches, work. I believe. I think he had a 40-inch jump. No, it's just bonkers stuff. But, um, yeah, it's that's pretty good. Um, did you see how Darnell did, Darnell Washington – um, I did not. I didn't see his numbers. Dude, yeah, he he put on a show like he he actually made like um a highlight real catch. Like they were doing some like uh just some some receiving drills. He made like a OBJ esque like one handed snag. You know while going out about yeah like I'm not uh, surprised. going crazy about that four six five I think is what he ran in the forty at two sixty something pounds six foot eight. You're running that. That's nuts. And we already know he's a good blocker. I, he to me, I think he solidified himself as a first round pick. Nolan Smith did himself a ton of favors the other day. What was it? A four three nine? I think he ran in the forty. So yes, bro. Yeah, he went dude. off. Like he was the, the the crazy thing to me was when they, I was a four four. I was a four four. It was a four four. A re, yeah, it was like something like that. He. He ended up running something, something on those like four three nine four four somewhere in that range. They did that thing where they put you up against like former players that have done in the combine. They did his against Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, and he beat them, which is just nuts to even think about. So I think he snuck himself into the first round um, conversation. Broderick Jones, who just tested today, the left tackle from us, he um, he ran a sub five five second. Um, 40 for for a big dude like that. I think it was a 498. I think he ran pretty solid. Kiaris Jackson did pretty good. Um so he good. Guys, Chris Smith, he's going to be a pick. Um, I think there's 13 guys that are going in this year's draft. I think all 13 have a legit chance of getting drafted. The one that uh, will be the ones to watch as far as who may not get drafted will be like Jack Podless near the kicker, which I think he'll still get drafted. He was pretty solid. And then, um, you know, you're looking at – Warren Erickson, um, offensive lineman. He was kind of it was kind of a shocker when he got declared for the draft, but he was like our guy that whenever we needed somebody to fill in, he would be the guy to fill in. Like you know, he could give guys a break and come in, a center guard, whatever. You know, he he came in and played. But I think the fact that I mean, it's starting to mean something when you play at UGA. Like these NFL scouts, if you play at UGA, you automatically have a little bit of a, um, you know, you have a little bit of an edge, and they kind of give that a look and. If you if you have that on your side, then you that automatically increases your chances of getting drafted. I feel like so. And then Robert Bill, he did pretty good. So 
a lot of a lot of guys, man. We'll see how it goes, but um, but I'm excited uh, from a stand, from a UGA fan standpoint of um, how this will go, man. It, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, for sure. I will say, bro. All right, just quick, quick lock in on action. Are you watching any of this Suns and uh, Mavericks game? I'm not. Tell me about it, bro. It's freaking. Nuts. <laughs> hey, the boys are playing, bro. Dude, they, it's basically Luka and KD going back and forth. Uh, they're hitting clutch shot. Kyrie hitting clutch shots. Uh, KD just hit a shot with uh, 11 seconds left. You know, I have it a little, little bit on the side because I saw the one of my other friends, is, he likes Kevin Durant. So anywhere KD goes, yeah. he's a Suns fan. So, you know, I like the Mavs. And when I saw I was like, oh, they're playing today. And then he was like, man, they, they're screwing them. So yeah, um, look. Overall, per se, in that in that category, I am really interested to see how the West goes. What are your thoughts about LeBron on the injury for the Lakers? Because I know he's out. I was watching the game. Uh, that was a big win that they got against the Mavericks last week, and then but you did yeah, freaking stupid twenty seven point comeback. Yep, oh. yep. Big comeback, <laughs> big win, big comeback. They needed it to close the gap and them making the playoffs or play in, uh, better yet. But um, you know, losing him, it really hurts. So um, they were able to pull off a win against the Thunder. Today's is going to be big. It's literally starting here, if not now, here soon. Them versus the Warriors yep. and Steps coming back. So uh, I'm not putting a lot of hope in that one. We'll see if that one goes down. But we'll see how can KD can carry the team while LeBron is out, man. That's the yeah. that's the main thing we can yeah, do. Really, so. it's been. I mean, honestly. The team's been looking a lot better. I mean, all the pieces that they added via draft, you know, outside of D'Lo, because, you know, uh, D'Angelo, he's been out. Uh, he's been injured as well. Um, but um, they've been looking good. Malik Beasley's been a godsend as far as, like, three-point shooting. That joker's been, like, he's been hot. He's been out as a pistol lately um, when it comes to just hitting his threes. And then you got, um, you know, Anthony Davis has been pretty good. Oh, they're getting in each other's face over here. I'm seeing this, Luca and uh, oh! Luca, uh-oh. but uh, oh, God. oh Boy, this, this is you ain't lying, son. <laughs> this is getting chippy. Oh uh, yeah, but man. Luca, Luca missed a very bad. I mean, he should have made that shot, man. Luca sold that one. I didn't see it. I just tuned in. But Austin Reeves has looked pretty good. And then you got – honestly, dude, the ones that surprised me a lot is Schroeder this year. Schroeder's looked, like, actually pretty freaking good. So. Hey, 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 he won that $41 million back. I know. He, he should have he took it, bro. He should have took, took it. it yeah, Luca should have made that shot. I just saw the shot, the replay. Dang. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they're showing the replay. Him getting up in his face. Luca, Luca's got a little crazy in him. That smile while he's getting up in your face. Yeah, yeah, it looked like the yeah, Joker. The too. Yeah, that little crazy. Yeah, when somebody's smiling when they're getting up in your face like that, they got some crazy to them, dude. But yeah, man, uh, this down the stretch, NBA man, it's it's, it's gonna get interesting. We're gonna have to see these. Yeah, it's gonna get, this, yeah. this is where I I surely turn it. I tune in. Now. You gotta tune like, in. You know, yeah, definitely tune in around this time. This is when when it gets really fun. So yeah, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for. Uh, for the rest of the NBA season, man. It should be interesting to see how it finishes out. So, Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. We appreciate you listening in. If you want to continue to support the show, go in the description um, of this podcast. Click on the Linktree link, and uh, there's many different ways you can support us financially. Um, you know, you can go on our socials, follow us, like us, retweet, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere podcasts are located. We really do appreciate you guys listening in. And um, as always, man, we'll see you guys next time.
Boom, boom.